You were called to make the world brighter, to run on the front lines, to cast vision where it had not yet landed. You are not gifted to be a random burst of energy, but a consistent force that enables the world to hear beauty, see potential, and write stories in a way that points the world to Jesus. Provoke and inspire. Welcome to the Provoke and Inspire podcast. I'm feeling really peppy. Ben, welcome to you too. <laughs> the band or me? Yeah, are you going to... But, but everybody, you, Bono. Did anybody are else you introduce? You didn't introduce oh, us I'm last really podcast. really a nice Irish guy. Yeah. You remember that? That yeah. was ages ago. Yeah. How do you remember that? Well, it was a week ago. I can but remember But how did nobody ago. call Ben on the fact that he just did a swirl in his chair? And then introed us. That was amazing. Yeah, hey, thank Chad, you, you know, the microphone great. is here so you can speak I into am, it. <laughs> Many you know, have called you... me the LeBron James of podcasts. All right. Yes. I just got a text from Nigel, Uh-oh. and he said, no, Luke, you can't have a pony. Oh, <laughs> come on, but Nigel. In Poland, yeah, he said, in Poland there he are said, many ponies. He just, he just texted me and said, would you get off it? Or, I mean, come on. What, what are you, 13? What's wrong with ponies? The beginnings of this in, podcast in Poland, we have many ponies. He also wants to know ruckus. what is going on with your hair. The, seriously, hair. It's look at that. Right. It's like Stop unbelievable. It. <laughs> the beginnings of these podcasts is like a rash. You yeah. can't, you just got to let it ride out. Yeah. You just got to. There's itch. no cream there's that's going to no, no You guys are just going to. of energy. And then afterwards. Yep. <laughs> it's called flowage it's in the flowage. radio business. Once flowage. we get it out, we get it out, yep. then we can focus We're down good. and do flowage. You want to do this, man. Just, you got to let it, it's got to all come out. of it. Seven to ten days this rash lasts. Nice. Uh, there you have it. That was the rash brought Rub to you by Creamage. Uh, this David's is the Provoke Randoms. and Inspire podcast. Seriously, I got to do this tagline after the dumbest nonsense what ever. What do you mean? What was Calling so followers of Jesus to radical faith it. and secular culture. That is the heart of this podcast. That is what we trying to do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Hey, when you do six straight hours of podcasting recording, yeah. you'll be like, what? <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, what we're trying to do, crazy. and uh, hopefully we're doing something. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, we're doing a lot of chemicals, it seems. You know, if you notice that Chad's shirt, <laughs> it's like my grandpa had a shirt like that. Hey, it's, thank you. Hey, that's the, that's a, the, I take that as a high compliment. That was how hipster Thanks. started. Yeah. You, know, you wear your grandpa's shirt. Yeah. Yeah. This shirt's actually 483 pesos. It's fitting that you said axially pesos. because it looks yeah. like a man who wielded an axe <laughs> wore that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Ax- axially. Oh, anyway, oh, there, you have, there we, we have it. We are uh, Provoke and Inspire, part of Come and Live, part of Steiger, part of the globe, part of the universe. <laughs> uh, yeah. we're, we're an unfolding Russian doll. But either way, <laughs> we are trying to do something about somebody, and I don't even know what anymore. But we are talking a lot, so that matters. <laughs> yes. Uh, before we get into the the serious stuff where we continue our series, uh, we got to do the perfunctory David's random story. So, anyway, uh, anyway, so there was a period, there was a period when, uh, when uh, my band was playing in a lot of gothic clubs and stuff like that, like the Crusted Hound. Yeah, so we were playing in a club called Madam Satan. Yes, that's and, a great club. And uh, it was a really hardcore, I mean, they weren't just fashion goths, they were real Satanists. But so there's not, not exactly a Christian venue. No, they had a curtain you could go behind if you wanted to have sex. They, had, they sold books on torture, and it was wow. pretty hardcore. And so it was a really, really heavy atmosphere. And so when you're in a club like that, you want to do things to get their attention. You need stuff pretty, pretty out there yeah. and extreme. And this was going to be our third time there. Wow. Which was crazy because we always 
were very clear, preached, gave out Bibles. So it's a huge miracle that we were kept getting invited back, and we weren't. We were still could talk about it afterwards. But so we're in Madam Satan for the third time, and like I said, you want to do extreme things to get people's attention. So uh, in the show, we have a, a crucifixion scene, and then I was rep- representing Jesus, so I'm killed and I'm put in a coffin like we did the other two times. But we did this thing where, where people would blow fire over the coffin. But in this particular instance, the people that were blowing the fire, they did it too low. Uh-oh. And so the coffin caught on fire. <laughs> it was totally on fire. Wow. And, Inside uh, this pretty tiny club. Yeah, yeah. With a and low so, ceiling. So blaze, so the, so, but I didn't know. And so, so you're just in the, in the coffin. coffin, eyes closed, heating up. No, but I'm in there, and, the, and everything is just, it's just like burning. And so, so you remember, you know, I don't know if you've uh, listened like to uh, Nicholas. He was the, he's a, what was Nicholas? Oh, the yeah. Harry he was Croat. a buccaneer. He's a buccaneer. Yeah. The Harry yeah. Croat. Yes. So Nicholas was there, and he's like trying to stomp out the fire and everything. And I just come out of the coffin, you know, to show how Jesus rose from the dead. And I wasn't burnt anywhere. I was completely, which is a miracle. You were sans burning. And everyone is going, man, this is That's one of the heaviest, special most intense bands we've ever seen. And so they really wanted to hear what I had to say after that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we salute you, O Burning Coffin Man. Yep. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's intense. It's a good thing you didn't die. Yeah, yeah I know. I could have too. Because you Death hear about by those burning coffins would be and, yeah. I mean, there would be one way to go. They would ago. not allow that anymore. I don't no, think. I don't. No. Probably. But not. isn't it crazy? I wasn't. The, yeah. I'm engulfed. I mean, in this coffin that's literally engulfed in flames, and I. Not, I believe not it's encroached in flames. <laughs> engulfed. <laughs> I don't think you were technically. The one engulfed, but I mean, you no, could the have coffin been. was engulfed, right? And right. he was inside the coffin. the good old yeah. days when a man could burn a coffin and ride a horse into a stadium <laughs> with no reproach. <laughs> oh, but anyway, I thought that was the days quite of yesterday. No, that is that is, and actually, yeah. your your recent stories have been more uh, true and interesting yeah, yeah. than random and ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? All my stories are, are true. true. There is a level of truthfulness. No, no, yeah, no. They're yeah. just a cacophony of lies. No, that, they you aren't. Know, I used to play Sisters of Mercy in that uh, club with you, like electronic. Yeah, we signed vibes. a contract that you'd never utter those words in combination ever again. So, moving on. Whoa! I, wow! A real like a like yeah. sort of a somber yeah. Yeah, vibe you know, fell over the. Right, right? I, I reminded everyone was. of the contracts mm. they signed it. Yeah. Signed it. <laughs> Signed it, y'all. Y'all want to y'all want to sign it that contract real quick now. <laughs> oh, that's called present past tense. This is the grammar hour brought to you by. I have no idea. Uh, anyway, moving it's on to our story. series. Hold fast, fight hard, stick together. Uh, where we attempt to discuss how to be fruitful, and we're going to try to segue into seriousness despite our uh, delirious. Yeah, talking about when you're yeah, a, yeah. when you're when you're in a coffin that's on fire. That's yeah, that's serious. pretty serious. Yeah. So this series is based on Hebrews 10, 23, 25. And in all seriousness, um, I, in a period of reflecting on how can we encourage those that listen, uh, that I believe have a, a genuine desire to live radically in secular culture for Jesus, uh, this, these verses came to mind uh, and, and kind of the four uh, themes, four topics that we've extracted from them. Uh, and this is theme number three. Uh, but let me just read the verses for us again. Uh, it says this, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promises faithful, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, and not giving up on meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. 
so on the first, uh, in the first section, we talked about the idea of unity uh, and how critical it is that we are together, um, that we form authentic community, that we really understand what that is and reject the spirit of our age where it's about taking uh, and it's not about submitting. It's not about serving something bigger outside of ourselves. Uh, and then we talked about uh, I really actually have no idea what we talked about next. No. Then we talked about the idea of fighting together, right? Yeah. Right, right. And they're they're inextricably linked because ultimately, if you're going to be the kind of community that makes a difference, especially one for Jesus, for an eternal purpose, you're going to come under heavy opposition. Um, but even if you aren't intending that, but you're just a follower of Jesus, it's a battle. It's a battle in your head. It's a battle, of course, in the spiritual sense. Um, and, and, and Paul, his language is laced with this uh, military and almost athlete-like language that, that talks about training ourselves and preparing ourselves and, and being ready for the battle, expecting that uh, and, and sticking together and fighting. Uh, and so the third thing I want to look at today is the idea that we need to be urgent. Uh, Paul talks about right there at the end, he kind of sneaks in those little bit, those words, all the more as we see the day approaching, the day, right? right? Yeah. And, and there seemed to be a much greater um, sense of urgency back then. You know, even in this in Scripture, you really get a sense that the, the early believers thought that it was coming yeah. at any time. And, right. and whether that was that they actually thought it was tomorrow, there did seem to be a greater sense of urgency. Mm. Uh, and so the question I want to ask is, is a lack of urgency the greatest cause of fruitlessness in uh, the life of a follower of Jesus. James 4.14, Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Um, your question, Ben, was, was is, um, to remind me again the specific, the way that you worded it, because I think it was is really it interesting. Is it the greatest thing yeah. that causes yeah. yeah. fruit? Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and I think that there's, um, there's just a real struggle for me to 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 place myself in, in a reality that today might be my last day. This right. is a vapor. This thing I don't necessarily have tomorrow. I'm not. I'm not even promised the next hour. And and yet the temptation is well, you know, just it's fine. Everything's cool. I'm just hanging out in many, you know, Minneapolis, and it's all fine. And and yet when I get a, a glimpse of God's glory, and when I get a reminder of man, this is eternity with God. But right now, this thing is a vapor. That there is sort of a Almost like I feel like a, a fresh um, Jesus, fill, you know, just like a Jesus perspective that helps me into this. Okay, I want to, like God, I want to do whatever it is that you want me to do in this moment right now. Not mm. just the, the ministry or with come and live or in the, the grand scheme, but in the now. And so I do, I would say that I think uh, that, a, that a lack of urgency is probably what keeps us from, from growth in Jesus. Yeah. And, and let me, before you guys go, let me just read this amazing quote um, from Martin Luther King Jr., which someone who clearly, whose life was taken too, too soon and who, and yet lived with this incredible sense of urgency. It's one of the greatest quotes that I've read in a long time. Let me read it for us. It says, We are now faced with the fact that tomorrow is today. We are confronted with the fierce urgency of now. In this unfolding conundrum of life and history, there is such a thing as being too late. Hmm. Procrastination is still the thief of time. Life often leaves us standing bare, naked and dejected with lost opportunity. The tide in the affairs of men does not remain at the flood it ebbs. We may cry out desperately for time to pause in her passage, but time is deaf to every plea and rushes on. Over the bleached bones and jumbled residue of numerous civilizations are written the pathetic words, too late. There's an invisible book of life that faithfully records our vigilance or our neglect. 
Man, that guy Ooh, was poetic. Oh, yeah. Right? That's, that's I mean, a powerhouse. Right it, 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 Loaded. You know, that's in the, my hmm. question is an aggressive question, but mm-hmm. it ultimately is not a lack of urgency, this incredible enemy of impact in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, David? Well, I mean, I, I need to, to ask God to show me that urgency. I think I need to ask him to show me the need uh, that... So, I mean, like we talked about in, in our last podcast in this series, uh, most of the world has never had the chance to hear even one time the truth. Right. And like you were saying, Chad, life is a vapor. Yeah. And, uh, and so it is, it, this calls for extreme times. I mean, mm-hmm. we live in an extreme time, and we need to, we need to, to, to see the, the need, because if we don't, we're going to just be self-directed and experience-driven in the way that we approach everything. Yeah. And we're, why should we make sacrifices? Why shouldn't we just look for security and, and, and for things to be easy? Yeah. And so I, I think it's critical um, for, for my life as a, as a believer to see the urgency and to, to otherwise I'm not going to live the way I should, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of that as well, actually, like what you'd mentioned in the last podcast. And just this week I've been praying. Uh, like my, my area of focus in the mission is Europe. And you, you were talking about Poland, David, in the, last, uh, in the last episode. And Europe today, they say, is around 2% evangelical. So around 2% of people in Europe have a, a relationship, personal relationship with Jesus. And Poland, 0.3%. That's why they yeah, say it's less than, than Middle East. It's 0.3%. Yeah. 0.3%. And, and so I was praying about how can we really impact Europe? How can we reach people? And there are 100 million young people, sort of 18 to, to, to 30 or 35 in Europe. 100 million. So I was thinking, how can we reach 100 million if only 2% of them have a relationship with Jesus? And it's probably not 2% of the young people. It's probably the older right. people. Yeah. And how can we reach 100 million? And I was saying, okay, well, if in our lifetime, if in my lifetime we reach 20 million, then, you know, that's, that's 20%. Maybe they would, you know, through multiplication reach the rest and, and everybody would have a chance to hear. And I'm going, 20 million? I mean, as a mission last year, I think uh, we were able to share the gospel with like 120,000 people roughly in, in total. And I was going, how can we get to that? I know we're a part of the body and a lot of other people doing but good work as well. But how about. can we reach 100 million people? in our? This is our generation. This is now. They, they, right. They'll be dead in, in 50 years' time. Right, exactly. you know? So how do we reach them now? And that, that instilled, as I was thinking that through this print, that instilled that sense of urgency. Right. It's like, man, right. what do I do? How can I do this? You know, how can we increase the reach? And I think one of the reasons the guy uh, like Paul and, and others there talk about urgency is because Jesus instilled that in the disciples as well. So he would, he would say um, that the end is coming like a thief in the night, mm-hmm. which yeah. is what you were talking yeah, about, right. you know, quoting that verse. So Jesus instilled that in the disciples. He was like, this could come at any time, you know, and, and, and so now we're 2,000 years later, and we, you know, got, by God's grace, he gave us time as well to, for it to spread all over the world and other people to have hope. But man, it's so, it's like we so need to be aware of it. Yeah. I think, I, oh, go ahead. No, man. no, you're good. One of the times that I really experienced that sense of urgency was at Woodstock, Poland, which is interesting. And that's yeah. why we were talking about Poland. And, yeah. and just like the, the on one hand, the, you explain it, what that is. Yeah. So Woodstock, Poland, if I don't botch it, it is essentially a 
free festival gathering around a million Polish, I would say a million drunken Polish youth, because that was my experience, drinking warm beer and just like all day, all night. Uh, but yeah. just so You were drinking many... warm beer all day and all night? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was why my experience was kind of a bad one. So, <laughs> Well, you know, Chad is from Nashville. I mean, <laughs> right, yeah, that yeah. sounds about right warm minus beer the warmth and, of the right, beer. Yeah, yeah. So... As as I like first enter into this place with with the Steiger um, school SMS students and Stefan and different people that you're just met with the massive need and it's like I I don't have anything I can't there's nothing I can kind of like what you're saying there's nothing I can possibly give of myself to to actually uh, impact this kind of a crowd and and yet. As we watch person after person, God giving us opportunities and people began coming to Jesus and prophetic moments and healing and, and sharing the gospel publicly and sharing the gospel under the Hindu tent and all these crazy things. And, uh, and it's just the Lord saying, you know, one, one by one. And that, that if the body of Christ continues to come together, all of a sudden, oh, all of us are activated and living out our calling. And so, so, anyway, yeah. so my, my question is when... I think on a on an academic level, our finitude is so obvious. When when death happens all the time, all around us, why why is it that it's so hard, especially as followers of Jesus, to live in light of that? Mm. What are some of the reasons why we just continually seem to regress back into this casual, like life's never gonna end, or or just what is what are the causes? What are the root causes of, of a lack of urgency? What do you guys think? Well, our culture doesn't think like that. Right, our culture mm-hmm. thinks here and now, and that's what we're surrounded by all the time. So, it's it's like you know, I mean, Scripture warns us all the time. If we don't renew our mind, if we're not always looking to Jesus, um, attached to the vine, if we're not looking to the Word, then our minds will be molded by the the culture around us. And the culture around us is live for here and now. Don't worry. Don't think about the future. Um, there, there's no urgency in it. It's mm-hmm. like whatever. And but, it, yeah. you know, and, what's and we aren't called as as believers to live an urgent life. Yeah, you know, it's it's okay to just l- basically say you're a believer, but do everything the world does. Yeah, you know, I was <clears throat> speaking recently, and and um, I was saying, you know, about the call, the the that the world is burning, and we need to do something about it. And the pastor got up and said, "Well, you know, it's really good what David is saying, but God would never, you know, call us to sell. He's not calling any any uh, one of us to sell everything we own and move to the Congo." And I'm, and he said that I'm like, maybe he is, right? (laughs) You know, maybe he is calling some people here to sell everything they own and move to the Congo. Right. But he felt like he needed to get up and and tone it down. Yeah, calm everyone down. And I think that's the problem. Yeah. Is we're too we're calming everything down. Yeah. Well, right. But a part of isn't the root of that just selfishness? Honestly, like. Uh, one of the, I mean, I have some of the reasons written down why I think that it's so obvious for us to lose our urgency, and one of them is selfishness. Why, yeah. why would we be urgent about the needs of others? Because that's yeah. what this is ultimately about, yeah. right? Yeah. It's it's certainly about our own eternity, but we kind of have this sense like I'm cool, I'm mm-hmm. I got my hell insurance, I'm fine. Beyond that, it takes yeah. some some selflessness to have an urgency about when you say we got to reach 100 million people, that's going to be some blood, sweat, and tears. Right. That's not going to be an easy thing. You're going to yeah. have to pour yourself out to do that. Yeah. But, but um, can, can, you, can you really have the, uh, the Holy Spirit 
active in your life and not care about the lost? For me, it's, it's fascinating. You see, even when like a non-believer or somebody who's fresh to it suddenly sees what it is and sees who Jesus is, how the sense of urgency comes even at that point. And I remember uh, one time we were with the band that we had from Brazil called uh, back in the day. I was touring with Allegorica, which is still going, but we were in Russia and we're in Murmansk and we did this show in like an old casino. And so we, it was a really weird situation and we thought people weren't going to want to listen or anything. But anyway, we, we preached and people responded. We went to the backstage and we had around 30 people in backstage with us. And I never forget this. I was just explaining more about what it meant to follow Jesus. And then I said, does anybody have questions? And this one girl puts her hand up and she goes, why are you guys playing here? And I'm like, I don't know, you know, we wanted to come from Brazil to Russia. And he's like, she's like, no, you don't understand. Why are you pr- pr- playing in this club? So like, you guys needed to be on the main square. I said, nobody's ever told me about a relationship with God like this. And there's hundreds, thousands of people out there. And you guys are in this little club. Why aren't you on the main square? And it just shocked me, the fact that this girl who just met Jesus, like she'd never heard before, she had this sense of urgency. She was like, somebody needs to do something. But, you know, I think... You know, like I'll sp- I speak a lot in churches, and people respond. Yeah, you know, they go, "Yes, I, I, I hear the cry, I feel the Holy Spirit, I want to live an urgent life." But then the pastor gets up and says, "Now God isn't asking you to sell everything you own and move to the Congo." Right. And I think it's because there's this t- there's this teaching about balance. Yeah. Out there, <laughs> you know, everyone is supposed to be Here balanced. The balance, and life. I hear it all the time. Yeah, but, uh, but again, and but I the, think, the, come on. Yeah, but the heart of it is a justification for just living a self-focused life. But it's more than that. We we are beyond just being. We have to be intense or whatever. We have to. This is extreme. You know, we live in an extreme yeah, but, time, so it, we can't think about things in a balanced way. But that's not what you, you didn't listen. To what I said. I said that all of those things are just a justification. Like, we, we call it balance because it's a euphemism. But yeah, really okay. what it is is that I can live a life where I can kind of have my Christian thing that makes me feel good, but I can still have my boat and my, my batch and my cabin. And Literally. My, but, but no, but that's what I'm saying. So it's, yeah. it's, it, we put nice ju- spiritual language around what's just a justification for not living a life devoted to somebody else, right? Because another reason I have is laziness, that it's like, it sounds funny, but some people just don't like the intensity of what it requires to make a difference, which sounds like a really lame excuse not to do something, but that's part of it. Yeah. Is it just, it's like, it's, it's hard. It, 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 it's, it's draining. It's a lot of work. Yes. It's life giving, but there is a, it's not more rewarding, but it's certainly easier to just watch Netflix than, than to, to pour your life out to make but, it. And we all feel like that. Like there's all, like yeah. all days when we go like, like I have days when I'm like, like oh, I don't, I don't have it in me today. I just don't, I can't do it. Or the, you know, the desire to just, you know, want to relax a bit of, and, and, and do whatever. But it's, I think if you give into that and you just keep giving into that and living in that way, then eventually it, it, it's worse. You lose focus, you lose purpose, you don't know what you're living for anymore. And I think when, yeah. you, when you're aware of, of this perspective and of the reality of it, it's the most exciting thing. And yeah. some days you have to fight and you have to be like, man, I gotta, I gotta push through today because I, you know, I really need to keep going. But when, you, when you're aware of the reality and you realize the urgency, then it's, it's, it's a privilege and it's, right. it's exciting. And so it's like, yes, I want to give my life to using this. Using that, that concept, being aware, I, I feel like, and Chad, maybe you can comment on this. The Bible seems to remind us a lot about this. Mm-hmm. Don't you think that's kind of, that there's a reason it does? I mean, yeah. isn't there an element of forgetfulness in this that, that plays into our lack of urgency? Yeah, I was just thinking, based on what David had shared, that 
maybe the number one key to us developing a sense of urgency, not maybe, for sure the number one key is the Holy Spirit and actually praying and asking Jesus to give us, you know, same thing with you, you know, give us that sense of, I mean, I've heard David many times say, I need to pray for a broken heart for the, for the loss, you know, and for the poor, for the sick, all, all these things. And it's so true that, that until we've actually met with Jesus, until we've brought it to him, it just feels like more like, oh, okay, I'm going to be crushed under the weight of this urge. I have to do something. It's like, well, we get to do something in partnership with yeah. the king of the universe. Yeah, and he's empowering us. Yeah. And I mean, you hear that all the time. You'll at a mission conference or something, people will talk about the statistics that are so real about the how people are not reached and the, all of that. And so then you can be guilted into all right, I'll give some extra <laughs> yeah. money. I'll, I'll write a check. I'll go on a, on a two-week mm-hmm. mission trip somewhere, you know. But it doesn't change your heart. No. And, and what, what I need is, is God to give me his heart because this isn't, you don't do this out of duty. Right. No. It's not because oh, it's the right thing to do, mm-hmm. but it's because it's like I, I have to do this. It's not, and it's not a sacrifice. It's like a, it's, what else can I do? You know, when, when there's, and it's because God starts to give you his heart. So, you know, you can get, hear all the statistics you want and all the facts about the brokenness in the world and be lectured all you want about that. It won't change a thing. It's, you need an encounter with God. And yet, and yet, and I'm not, I know you're not speaking about uh, emotion here, but also there needs to be a discipline that extends beyond the emotion as oh, well. Sure. Because emotion it, yeah. won't last. Right. right. And, and I have times when I, I, feel the urgency yeah, right. and do stuff. And right. then there's time when I don't feel the urgency mm-hmm. and still choose to do stuff because right. I know that it's important. And so there, it's a tough balance because as human beings, we can't, our, our proclivity, our, the way our heart bends is towards ourselves and towards caring only about our own needs. And so there has to be a degree of a, of a deep conviction you know, in a relational analogy, it's like I can't only respond the right way to my wife if I feel like it, or that won't last. That'll that'll yeah. be very fickle. Um, in the same way, I think that our urgency is sustained by an intimacy with Jesus, by these periodic revelations where he peels back the layers of our selfishness and we get to see how desperate the situation is. We get that kind of moment where we that, that girl says, why aren't you doing this yeah. everywhere? Yeah, yeah. Um, but then that I think the the peaks and valleys of that are sustained by just an understanding that that this is what God has called me to. I'm a soldier. I'm going to obey. Not living off that, but there is a degree of that, don't you think? Otherwise, yeah, you're just going to sure. be searching for that next emotional. No, no, high I'm not talking about you. when I'm saying the Holy Spirit touched me. I'm not about. I'm not talking about emotion. Yeah, I'm talking about something that's not emotional at all because I w- I'll feel like inside of me I'll have no desire, but I this God's presence, His sure. spirit in me. So, so that's deeper. what I'm. I'm yeah. not talking about emotion because emotion, you know, depends on how much sleep I've had. Or, but for some people, that is what it is. It's just their their urgency is sustained from infomercial to infomercial or motivational speaker yeah. to motivational speaker. Right. And, and it's it not can't, no, and that's conference. but that's not what I'm saying. Well, you see now because it's revelation you're talking yes. about, and revelation it it comes through various different ways, but it's an understanding of who God is. It's a knowledge of His Word. So, like, one of the, I mean, a lot of the points we're making here, we're always drawing from different passages. I mean, if you're not studying the Word and you're not reading it through, you don't get this perspective, and, and you easily forget, and again, your mind is molded by the culture rather than the Word of God. So it's prayer, it's times of seeking God, it's God speaking through a speaker, that, that also counts. 
and it's through his word. And there's so many ways God speaks to us, but it's this divine revelation. It's something that, like you said, David, it changes our heart. It's something that happens inside. And, and I think we need to be aware of that. And I'd say, and this is for myself, but any listeners as well, they're like going, how do I get that? How do I get that urgency? It's like, man, we've got to read the word. We've got to seek God in prayer. We've got to say, God, show yourself to me. Help me to see you for who you are. Help me to see the world through your eyes and to see how, how you see things. And like I said, Jesus instilled this in the disciples in many passages of the of the new testament he's saying it'll come like a thief in the night it's you know the harvest is ready we need to go now this is it this is the time yeah um, there there's another this could maybe seem like a peripheral um reason why people lack urgency but i find it very interesting and the only way i could words that i could use to describe it is like a hijacked sense of eternity and what i mean by that is that we i think everyone christian or not has this sense of eternity Right, so we th- we say things like you only live once, but I think the reason why we're able to, um, yeah, the reason why we're able to stave off feelings of finitude is because there's a sense in us like this isn't all there is, and so we right, almost yeah. kind of borrow from the comfort of this vague, imperceptible eternity that exists. I mean, C.S. Lewis he writes this brilliant this idea about how we just don't feel like human beings that were made for eternity or time specifically. He says, uh, we are so little reconciled to time that we're even astonished at it. How he's grown, we exclaim. How time flies. It's as strange as if a fish were repeatedly surprised at the wetness of water. And that would be strange indeed, unless, of course, the fish were destined to become one day a land animal. In other words, Fish aren't surprised by the wetness of water because they're made for it. But we constantly seem to be rebelling against the constraints of time because in us is this sense that we were made for eternity, which is true, right? You have an eternal destiny. It's just about where you're going. And so, but I think then the enemy hijacks that and he creates a lack of urgency based on this ambiguous, imperceptible sense of eternity, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. It's like, we almost like, you know, that's why everyone's so shocked when someone dies, and and we've all had that moment, even as Christians, where someone dies, right? And then all of a sudden, right. mortality is right. so vivid. And you're like, you kind of like hold your kids a little closer. You're like, you're, you're so much more grateful for your life. And then what happens? You kind of like fade out of that. And then you kind of just jump in your car like no big deal. You don't, you don't have that sense anymore. And so I think the enemy almost hijacks our, our subtle sense of eternity by getting that to create in us a lack of urgency about the very thing that's built inside of us to create urgency, that we have this eternal destiny and we better be urgent about where we're going and where others are going as well. I don't know. That's kind of that little bit of a tidbit at the end, but uh, urgency is one of those weird things. And and clearly, as I said, scripture seems to remind us, I mean, you know, the Psalm, Psalm 90, 12 says, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. That's pretty interesting, right? We want a heart of wisdom, number your days. Seems seems kind of grim, and our culture says, "Ah, oh, forget that, just live for the moment." And and yet, the Bible, of course, flies in the in the face of of modern culture and says, "No, be aware that time is short. Your life is a mist, uh, and that will fuel you to live your life in the right way, doing the right things, uh, and to recognize just how desperate the needs are." And I would just say, from a practical perspective, one thing that's really helped me in developing and maintaining urgency is to be around urgent people so (laughs) when you're around urgent people it's a little easier to be like okay i'm like i maybe i'm not feeling that so much or i'm not really experiencing it but i'm around others that are and and so i think 
I think really one of the prayers that maybe the, the listener or a listener ought to be considering is, is who do I know or where do I see people who are urgent? And, and I feel like if we're going to reach Poland, if we're going to reach all yeah. these countries where, where currently there's such a low degree of evangelical Christians, and it's going to come from people that actually hung out with other mis- inspired missionaries or inspired artists or, or yeah. people who were living with that. And, so, um, and I would yeah. say if you're listening to this, God wants to use you. You yeah. know, he wants to use your life. That's why he put you on, on this earth. Yeah. And when you become his follower, you're called to something significant. Yeah. And so don't settle for anything less than significance. Yeah. Which and, and means reaching lost people. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there are a few ways uh, that you can be involved with us. Um, we're part of an organization called Steiger. Our entire heart is to reach and disciple global youth culture, right? Just young people outside of the church that don't know who he is. Uh, and as Luke said, if we're going to reach 100 million of them, and I think God may want anyway, to do even more. I, I mean, I think more, of Billy Graham yeah. preaching for 200 million people in his lifetime. Mm. It's not too big for God, right? We can yeah. do that. And yeah. But we need you. And and maybe you're listening to this not just as another podcast on your on your iPod Nano. Oh, um, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, this was made in 192. Oh, whatever. But anyway, so um, if that's you, we want you to be part of it. Yeah. We need you to be part yeah, of it. Yeah. Um, and, and so you can find out information. You can come to our mission school, our 10-week mission school, time to, to stop, to disconnect, to reflect on what God might have you do uh, in mission for him. Steiger.org slash SMS. Otherwise, comeandlive.com to find out how you can become an artist. Uh, these are just some of the ways you can be involved with us. Otherwise, we, uh, we hope this was encouraging. And uh, the third part of our series, we got one more to go, and then we all going to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> we all going to sleep. And if you're listening, <laughs> what do they need to do? They need to... Party on, live free, bro. No, no, they need no. to <laughs> repent, repeat, Salute. recycle. No, what is it? The three L's? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Live, love, and l- license. No, no, yeah. they need to... No, they need to uh, subscribe. Yep. Rate, 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 and what's the other thing? Review, they have to do? review. So <laughs> subscribe, <laughs> rate, rate and review. Search us so on iTunes, to this, SoundCloud, Podbean. Yeah, rate. But the organization seri- monkey. But seriously, review. this helps the message get out. Yeah. So if you yeah. feel I don't like, like this is an important message, it is. Please do this because it helps us get that message. So, out Luke, there. But, did you already hit stop recording? No, Can I didn't. you say a quick prayer just for yeah. people yeah. That, that maybe want to? Have that urgency. Jesus, I pray you'd install in us a sense of urgency, just like you did uh, to the disciples, that you would do that for us right now and right here. I pray for our listeners that you would um, help us to seek you with all our hearts to read your word and to realize how you see the world. And I pray that you would show us um, this broken world and how much they need you. And I ask that you would fill us up with a passion for you, to serve you, and a sense of urgency and a realization of um, how our lives can have eternal impact right now. And I pray you'd help us to follow after your calling and to do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Kazim. Thanks for listening to Provoke and Inspire, the official Come and Live podcast. To hear past podcasts, go to comeandlive.com. Got a question for the guys? Send it in to provokeandinspire at comeandlive.com.